days for now that we just continue to keep our kids uh, with our families uh, for a few more weeks. And so uh, we will open up a junior church before too long, but just bear with us. And, <clears throat> and kids, I'll try not to make this any uh, more unbearable than it is. <clears throat> I remember being in your spot. I, I told you the story of getting yanked out of a service, and I got a spanking outside in the streets of Spickard, Missouri, in the middle of the street, by my dad, in front of God and everybody in that town of Spickard. And I told him that day that I was going to never go to church when I was an adult and raise stinky pigs. <clears throat> so here I am. In a church, pastoring a bunch of stinky pigs. <laughs> oh, sorry. <clears throat> anyway, but uh, so kids, you hang with me. We'll try to make this as bearable as we can. Just I don't want you to get caught making those little paper footballs and flipping them because it's going to end badly for you. I'm just telling you that. So <clears throat> we don't want that. So I remember, I, I know I've told this story before when... Teresa and I were dating, <clears throat> so that's been a few years ago. We were, if I wanted to date my wife at the time, if I wanted to date her, you know where most of our dates were? It was in church. I mean, not only were the parents watching, but every other eyeball in that church was watching us, and God was watching. And so you had to be good. But anyway, I, I remember one time I was in church service with her, and, 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 uh, semi-paying attention, and I, I remember this little girl, and I can't remember if it was April or Sarah, but one of them was April. She was not being very nice, and 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 uh, I, and the church had a basement, but the like the basement uh, access was like a door right here, so you had to walk all the way up front and go down in the basement, right? And man, was she being a brat. And Mama picked her up and marched her right down the aisle and went down the basement. And as she's going out of the door, she's crying, Mama, I'll be good. I'll be good. It was just done too late. <clears throat> and I paid attention after that. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, the things we remember. And uh, don't think, parents, though, that the Holy Spirit can't talk to your kids through God's powerful, and uh, God loves the children, and uh, God can do amazing things with your kids, and and so you you uh, let them be under the word, and that's a good place to be, and God can work in their hearts, and so we're we're going to be back in Psalm 37, finishing the passage today that I had entitled "True Peace" months ago. It Actually, seems almost like a lifetime ago we started this, preached the first message on February 23rd, and that was just about the time we're hearing all the murmurings of all the things going on and, and uh, uh, wondering what's going to happen with the coronavirus and all of that, and, and uh, we, we've been in there since, and I've told you it's been a huge help to me, and so whether it is to you, I, I hope it is, because it is the Word of God, but uh, it's definitely been a huge blessing to me, these verses, and, and uh, just a reminder of the true peace that our God uh, gives us, will give us, and 
And I pray that you have that peace in your life. And so we saw the in verses 1 and 2, we saw the believer's reward that uh, our, um, the believer, the evildoer's reward in verses 1 and 2. And, and in that, really, we, we see some commands that God gives a believer also. And, and he told us in here, and I, and I repeat this because it needs to be repeated because we're going to see God repeats this over and over. And uh, he, he, started, he starts this off with our attitude. The attitude that we ought to have, and, and uh, we see that, that our world right now definitely doesn't have a godly attitude. And, and I am going to deal with the, what, what we've been seeing over, over this last week and, and um, uh, my thoughts on this. And I, and I do believe they're biblical thoughts and a biblical premise that we have is that we see all of the things that's been going on in our country and and in our world over uh, the last uh, few years, and and then we see all of the craziness that's been taking place here lately, and 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 <clears throat> we might want to blame things on the Chinese. We might want to blame this on racism. We might want to blame this on uh, I, I don't know, just people that are are violent and evil. But let me tell you that that the father of all of this chaos is the devil. And we need to be aware of that. And we need to understand that, <clears throat> that, that it's the devil that's full of lies and deceit and wants to do everything he can to continue to keep us in chaos. And, and I hope that you guys understand that and see that. And, and, and here it starts off with the attitude that we ought to have towards this world, towards the evildoers of the day. And, and he tells us, fret not, stop Stop fretting and, and, and stop burning with anger and stop being uh, hotly contentious in, in your attitude and in the things that are, that are going on. And, and I caught myself doing this where you just walk around with a huge chip on your shoulder and you're just waiting for somebody to, to, to cross you and, and to do something that, that's going to, to tick you off and, and to lie awake rehearsing what it is that you're going to tell someone or or, or you're choosing your responses and, and thinking about those things. And here he tells us you need to stop fretting and stop worrying about these evildoers and, and stop being envious of them and, and, and seeing that, look, they're, they're workers of iniquity and, and, they are, and, and they're truly following, they're, they're following the plan of the devil and his world and, and they're living in a way that, that, that they think brings them happiness and they have wealth and they have possessions and they have the power and and they think that they have all of this influence and in, in these other people's lives and 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 you want to be envious of that and God says don't be stop being envious of those that that are like this and and you need to understand that that there will be a day of justice and there will be a day of righteousness for they will be cut down like the grass and withers a green herb but then he went on and he gave us a bunch of commands and and he told us that we need to trust in him. And, and as we trust in him, we do good. And we dwell in the land. And, and it's there that we are to be fed. And, and we delight ourselves in the things of God. And, and we commit our way to God. And we trust that he'll carry those out. And, and, and knowing that as we commit our way to God and that he carries it out, that, that he will be the one that will bring forth 
the righteousness and the light and the judgment at the noonday and, and show that we are righteous in our walk with Christ and that, that His righteousness is being seen in our lives. And, and we know that it's through Him that judgment will come and, and, and justice. And, and because of that, we can rest in Him. In all of the issues that are going on, we can rest in Him and we can wait patiently for Him. And, and we know that that waiting patiently, I say this because we'll see a, a, another one on further down here with this, but <clears throat> we need to wait patiently doesn't always mean that we sit there and enjoy what we're doing. It doesn't always mean that it's going to be a, a, a waiting patiently and in and all of it is going to be peace and, 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 and wonderful and easygoing. As a matter of fact, it means that sometimes you are actually writhing in pain, but you're still waiting patiently for God. And, and you're knowing that there's a day coming when God is going to show Himself and, and His power, and, and He's going to use that in our lives. And, and, and we need to to, to allow Him to do the work in our hearts and in our lives that He wants to do, no matter how painful it might be and, and how hard it might be, that He still wants us to wait patiently upon Him. And, and even when we see the world is falling apart around us and, and destroying itself and, and screaming and yelling out against God, and, and you see all of these things that are going on, and, and He tells us you need to wait patiently. It's hard sometimes. It's hard when you see the U.S. Supreme Court come out on Friday and, and tell the state of California that, that they, the churches need to abide by the governor's edicts and, and that, that uh, they're not allowed to worship as, as we are allowed to, get to, to worship in the Bible and in the Constitution. And, and our Supreme Court comes out and says that hey, you need to abide by what the governor tells you. I'm, I'm sorry, U.S. Supreme Court, and I'm sorry, John Roberts, who has stepped to the other side. Our, our God is the one that governs us. And I think he's going to find out, and even the U.S. Supreme Court, that those churches, even in California, are saying that God is our Lord, God is our sovereign, and we're going to do what God tells us to do, not what the Supreme Court, not what the governor says. We will do what God tells us to do. And so, but in that, there may come persecution. There may come a time when, when you're going to make a choice and, and you're going to be put in front of that, is your faith real? Is it genuine or is it just something that you run off with your mouth and don't back up with your life? That day may come, but then we wait patiently for him. Then what does he tell us? The next one. Fret not thyself. Does he not know human nature? Obviously. Obviously, doesn't he? I mean, he's already told us this once. Stop burning in anger. And it's almost like, he writes this and, and puts my name in verse 1. He says, Shannon, fret not thyself. Then he turns around and he comes down to, 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 to uh, verse 7. He says, Shannon, fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. And, and you need to quit worrying about those things. You need to quit being so angry about those things. And, and then he goes right into verse 8. And, 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 and I know you guys couldn't imagine this, okay, because I'm so passive and, and easygoing. But 
I've really in my lifetime had a real problem with anger. And he tells us, he says here, that cease from anger. You need to stop doing these things. You, you need to cease from this. And, and, and this is where we were last week in the command. And, and you need to let go of it. And you need to forsake it. And you need to abandon it. And, and you need to quit allowing it to rule your life and, and, and destroy you. And that's exactly what it will do. Look, I understand there, that there is, that, and, it, and it is an emotion. And, and here he tells us to cease from this. It, it doesn't say that you're never going to have it. And, and that guy that, 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 that wrote the article about never be angry has lost his mind. <clears throat> there are times where we have anger. But he tells us that we need to be just the opposite of that and be still. And know that I am God. And so we, we cease from this anger. And we look at our world today and, and we look at these, the, the anger that's going on. And, 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 and to use what's going on here, we, we, see, a, we see a police officer who, who obviously has some major anger issues in his life. And now I don't know the whole story. And, and I'm smart enough to know that... When you counsel that you hear this side, you hear this side, and somewhere in the middle of that is where the total truth is at. And, and really, we only know that the only one that truly knows all of the truth is God himself and those that were right there in that action. And so I'm not justifying anything, and, and I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong, but I am telling you, based upon what you can see of this man's past, that I would say that he was an angry man. Now, I'm not going to say that that other guy was a peace-loving victim either. I mean, he got arrested for a reason. And so if you are arrested, that means that you probably did something that wasn't right. I mean, my thoughts, and so and it's just my thoughts, so don't get mad at me. Don't, don't, you know what I say on this? And, and there's a whole lot of preachers, I hope they'll listen to this too, is don't justify your anger. Don't think that you have a right to lose it. Don't think that you have a right to let, let this heat rage up through your neck and, and into your head. And, 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 and truly, we see that it not only is it emotional, but it becomes very physical and, and your heart starts racing and, and your body becomes rigid. And, and then all of a sudden, it's almost like you go blank in your face and and you lose track of what's going on, and, and you lose track of yourself, and you, you go into a, a complete rage, and, and then later you, you wake up and you're like, what in the world is going on, and what has controlled me during this time, and what is it that's happening in my life? And, and here he's telling us, you need to cease from those things. Oh, let me tell you, there are things in this world that, that will bring you to that. There are those right now that want to bring me to that, that want to bring you to that. And, and we need to understand that we need to cease from that and, and get away from that because there is nothing in that that is ever going to bring honor and glory to God. And What they're all doing, whether the police officer or, uh, or, the, or, or all of the rioters and, and all the politicians and all of these characters that are mil milking this and, and using this for something that it's not, there's going to come a day when they are, all of us are going to see the complete wrath of God. And we need to be careful. Cease from anger and, 
Then he says to forsake wrath. That forsake means to loose, let loose of it, let it go. You know, there's there's been times when, when uh, working with cattle, there's been some times where been helping guys and and you get one that gets on gets mad and gets on the fight and and there's been times where you go in and you try to get it corralled or or you know and and it just gets to a point where you know what you just let loose of it and just go away and come back later and deal with it before somebody gets hurt or the cow goes to the butcher shop and stood it out to the pasture and so you just, you you loose from that you loose yourself from this wrath that that comes this this heat this rage but you know what it also it, it has the idea of an angry frame of mind to just walk around mad all the time there are people that do that there are believers that ha- that are doing that we just walk around and you're just mad all the time about all the things that's going on and and, and, and here he's telling us that you need to forsake that. Go with me if you would. This is powerful. In Romans chapter 12, I want, you to, I, I want you to see this. Romans chapter 12 and verse 19 through 21. Here he's writing to those who are believers. And, and he starts it off, dearly beloved. So here he's talking to those that know Christ is their Savior. And, and then he goes on and he says, avenge not yourselves. You need to stop trying to vindicate yourself. You need to stop trying to punish those that, that have hurt you or, or that are doing you wrongly. And, and you need to stop doing that. And, and you need to stop trying to make your friends draw sides and, and, and pick a side on, on what's going on. And, and you need to stop doing these things that you're slandering the other person and making them look worse than they are. And you need to stop all of these things. And, and you need to stop trying to avenge yourselves, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. You know, this, this, I don't know why. I mean, I've preached through Romans before. I have, I've read Romans, I don't know how many times in my lifetime, but a bunch, okay? And studied this out, and, and this just jumps out at me today, or, or this, this time when I was looking at this, give place unto wrath. You know what it says? He's, he's, he doesn't say that wrath will never come into your life. He doesn't say that whatsoever, but he tells us to give place unto wrath. And by giving place, then you need to make room for it. You need to, to give it time and let it dissipate. So there's something biblical about, hey, if you really start getting mad, count to 100. Or like we used to tell Kareth, Start naming the presidents. And name all the presidents. And then think about what it is that you're mad about. You see, we need to give room for that. Now think of that. Sometimes, I'm talking to married people right now, and I'm talking about parents right now. Sometimes in a discussion that you are having... It would probably be a good idea to turn around, walk away, and let it dissipate. 
before you deal with it. Hey, I want to deal with it now. Well, you probably don't because there goes the hand grenade and we're all dead. Really. I, I mean, there are times where you need to let this calm down. You need to allow these things. You need to allow the time physically. You need to allow the time mentally. You need to allow the time emotionally. And you need to especially allow time spiritually for the Holy Spirit to wake you up, shake you, and tell you, look, you are a believer, and you need to stop thinking that you need to avenge yourself and that, that you need to scorch the earth and that you need to tear down whoever it is that's, that, that you think is a threat to you. And, and you need to walk away from that and understand that there is only one that hates you, that deceives you, that truly lies to you, that is the father of all of that, and that's the devil. And it's not that person that you are looking at and dealing with that is not your enemy. Let it dissipate. But rather, give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. You know another way you can translate that and doesn't do any injustice to this translation at all? Vengeance belongs to me. Vengeance is mine. That's what God is saying. When you step up and start to take vengeance, you're saying, God, get out of the way. I got this one. God doesn't share his glory with anyone. And God brings glory to himself even in vengeance because he does it wholly and righteously and justly, and perfectly. When you step up, you're saying, God, I'm more powerful than you. I got this one. Get out of the way. God's not happy with you when you do that. God isn't going to be pleased with you when you get to that point. And then he goes on, and he says, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him a drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. You know, a couple of stories with this. Back in the day, it is said that you, 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 know, you, you lived in a cabin and you, had, you lived by a fire. And you had a fire in your stove. You had a fire to cook by. You had fires in your lanterns to, to light up your, your place where you were living. You used fire for everything. And sometimes when you were gone a long time, that all your fire would go out and you wouldn't have a fire. And so as you're headed to your cabin, you would stop at your neighbor's cabin, however far away it might be. And you know what they would do is you would go to their home and knock on the door and say, hey, I'm, we're on our way home. And they say, hey, it's not, not a problem. And, and they would go and they'd scoop out some coals out of their fire and they would give you those coals and, and you would pack them in, in your ash bucket or whatever you had in your wagon with you. You'd have something with you and and you'd put those in your wagon and you'd take them with you. And, and then when you got there, you were able to light your fire. And it was easy to do. And, 
and you just, as a neighbor, you just did that because you were kind, and, and they would leave you, and, and they say, wow, how kind was that person to, to do that and, and allow us to do that, and oh, how thankful we are that, that they're willing to do that, and, and here we see that you might not get along with your neighbor very well, but here, you know what God is saying? God is saying here that even to your enemy, you need to be willing to, to reach out and to help them and, and to give it what it is that they need and, and be a help to them. And, and you never know what it's going to do. And, and then another story of this, the old Egyptian ritual, they said that, that back in the day that an Egyptian, if, if they were truly sorrow, sorry and, and remorseful and repentant for something that they had done, they would, they would take a, a, a thing of ashes and a thing of coals and these hot coals in this pan and they would set it upon their head and they would walk throughout the community with these coals of fire upon their head to show how sorry they are for their behavior and here we understand more you, you see my my devilish thinking is I'm going to be nice to you because I really want to see you get scalded I want to see you lose your hair I want to see you get blisters on your head I want to see you burn from the the problems that you've been giving me and oh God put those fired right down upon their head because of how unjustly they've been treating me. really doesn't mean that. It means that we, just, we need to be kind, and in being kind, it may actually bring repentance in that person's heart. That isn't easy. He treated me like a dog. She was rude. And what she said, my neighbor's a jerk. You don't have to live by him. And these politicians don't get a pass. But you know what God says? We need to learn to be kind. I mean, we ought to set the example. Our world is on fire. Our world is, is a mess. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine where... Where what what it, our world our country is turning into a third world country, in the the way that we're acting, and we as a church family need to do better. We need to do better. Oh, I could preach on racism, <clears throat> but we already know God made us all. God died for the souls of man. And I've said it many times, and I truly mean it. I do not care, nor does this church care, nor does God care what color you are. And I don't care. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter to anybody that's a born-again believer and knows Christ as their Savior. It should not matter. I get so tired of people... You know, I, I remember even in school, and, and the big thing was interracial marriage, marriage and, and how should you or shouldn't you. I could care less. If that's God's will for your life, and you know that that is your, your mate for life, then you marry that person, you serve God, you love God, you love others, and, and you live with that person till the day you die. Show me in Scripture where it's wrong. I'm not talking about culture. I could care less about culture. Show me where it's wrong. And I just find it sad when our country tries to tell us that 
we're all racist bigots. No, we're not. No, we're not. All they're doing is following the father of lies and trying to deceive and trying to distract and trying to cause us to be angry and hate each other. And you know what I say? Love wins. Love wins. Love wins. Now, don't take me wrong on saying love wins. I'm not gathering in the circle and holding hands around the campfire singing kumbaya. If some evil person walks in here full of hatred and tries to hurt my family, this family, we will kill you. Simple as that. Why? Because love wins. Someone wants to break into my home thinking he's a pacifist preacher. I'll introduce you to FN. FN is a 5.7. Probably travel through your head about 1,500 feet per second. And why? Love wins. Love wins. Somebody comes and says that you can't worship any longer together. Yes, we can. Why? Love wins. You can't have them come because they're interracially married. Yes, they can. Love wins. You can't have them because, I don't know, they're from a different country. Yes, they can. Love wins. You see what we have to get to the point? We just, and, and hey, I know it's hard. If I could find a Biden supporter, it would be very difficult to be kind. But I will. I will offer him a mask <laughs> with a gag. And I'll just talk to you and you be quiet. <laughs> I'm teasing, all right? I say these things because... How quickly even a believer can lose their testimony and destroy their life and destroy their family. We need to allow love to resonate in our lives. I have examples, but I, I just, time-wise, I don't, I want to finish this today, but Genesis 4, 4 through 8, you know what? I guess if we don't finish it, it'll be okay, all right? Go over here and look at this. Genesis 4. First example. First example of hate and wrath. Probably one of those famous stories that most everyone knows, even those that deny the scripture have probably heard this. But Genesis 4 and verse 4, and Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel, and to his offering. God respected it. He, he gazed at it with interest and, and he regarded it because what did, what did he bring? But, but his brother Abel was a keeper of the sheep and, and what does he bring? But he brings him a lamb and, and he made a sacrifice because even all the way back then for them to be able to walk in the presence of God there had to be a sacrifice made for their sins and and so Abel does that, and, and he makes that sacrifice, and he approaches God, and, 
and God was pleased with that. And, and, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And what was it that Cain did? He, he brought something out of the ground that he had tilled and toiled and, and grew himself. And do you see what this is representing? This is representing his works. And, and here Cain says, hey, in all my goodness and all that I am, God, I'm approaching you and bringing you all of my works and these things that I've done. And God had no respect for it. Be careful. Be careful with what you're giving God. Be careful, especially what you're trusting in for your salvation. Your salvation is only based upon the very works of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. And he's the one that did the work. And, and, and they said, well, what works should we do for salvation? He asked the, they asked him in John. And John said, the, you do the work of God, you believe. You believe. Believe in what Christ has done. Believe that He's the Son of God. Believe that He's God Himself. Believe that He died on the cross for your sins and that He died for the sins of the world. And believe that He died and was put into that tomb and everybody knew that He was dead. And, and believe that He's God by showing that He was a victor over death and He rose the third day and He ascended into heaven. And you believe in that work that Jesus Christ has done for you. And you tell him that and you confess to him, Lord, I know that you're the Savior. I know that you did that for me. And Lord, I am trusting only you for salvation. And, and here knowing that, Jesus, you are the very sacrifice that, that Cain was representing there, that, that I now I understand it and that my works are nothing but filthy rags. And I trust in you. And he'll give you salvation. Oh, Cain, he brought his, and God wasn't impressed, and Cain was very wroth, angry, wrathful, uncontrolled, and his countenance fell. Oh, yeah, everybody around there, what few family members he had knew he was mad. The Lord said unto Cain, God already knew, but he said unto Cain, why are they wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? So if, if you did the right thing and, and you know that you did the right thing, then don't you know that it would be accepted? Oh, it seems to me maybe that God's saying, Oh, Cain, you understand now. And you think, hey, I'm going to approach God on my terms. And, and I'm going to do whatever it is that that I want to do and and God you need to see here that this is the way that I'm going to do it and and I know that everybody else is saying that oh, I got to trust him as my savior I'm not going to do that because I, I got a better way here and I got my own thoughts of how I ought to do this and and I'm going to approach you and I'm going to come to you like I want to and and God says well fine if that's okay then and you think that it's okay and, and that it is right then why are you so angry and there's going to be those that are going to end up in hell because they're going to come to God and say, Hey, God, I came to you. I came in my rules, and I came in my thoughts, and in the way that I ought to do this, and I did it my way, like, John, like Frank Sinatra sang about, and that was my theme song, and, and buddy, I'm going to come and do my God thing the way that I want to, and God's going to say, Depart from me. I do not know you, you worker of iniquity, and you're going to spend an eternity in hell based on your pride. Just like Cain. Because what does he say? If thou doest well, not well, 
sin lieth at the door. How many of us sitting here, sin's lying at the door? I don't know if I should say this or not. I, I read it from another preacher. said, some of you guys are all mad because the world wants you to wear a mask. Well, you've been wearing one for many years in church. I was like, ooh. You know what? I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't, be, I don't want to be the hypocrite. And sometimes I am. Sometimes there's things in my life that I need to get rid of, and, and you guys know it. I, I, I can't help, but you preach, I don't know, five, six hundred times a year or whatever it is, thousand times. I don't know. I'd have to count it up, you know. But you, you figure up all the times you preach, I'm going to say some pretty stupid things. And, and, and as a matter of fact, you watch me day after day, week after week, year after year, you're going to find out that, yep, he's got feet of clay, size 12. <laughs> he says, unto these shall be his desire. If you're, if you're right, look, all things will be good, and, and, and Abel is going to serve you, and you shall serve over him because you're the, you're the older brother, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel's brother and slew him. Probably one of the most famous individuals other than Jesus in the Bible is Cain for killing his brother. Oh, how we need to be careful about wrath and how we need to make sure that we forsake this wrath. Remember, I gave you that example before, but when David was running and he was hiding from Saul, he came up to Nabal, and Nabal was an idiot, kicked him off, and, and David said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take, we're going to arm our guys, and these guys were bad dudes that he had serving with him, okay? And they could, they could, they just didn't care about shedding blood at all, and he said, we're going to go up there and we're going to kill Nabal. And we're going to kill all of his family. And we're going to burn their house down. And we're going to salt the ground. And there's going to be no remembrance of this nutcase. That's my translation. I should write the Bible again, shouldn't I, in my translation? <coughs> That's just what he said. And he was going to do it. And Abigail comes out and says, David, how would you like to have this kind of a testimony, husbands? King David, my husband, is an idiot. He's a loudmouth snark, and he's just going to get us all killed because of his idiocy. That's pretty much what she said, because he was. You know what I say? Don't be that Nabal, okay? And if your wife ever calls you Nabal, and you're like, Nabal, what's a Nabal? Now you know. Them's fighting terms. But we see that Abigail came and talked him out of it, and he told he and he thanked her for doing something that he was getting ready, he was getting ready to do something that he knew God didn't want him to do. Proverbs 6, 32 through 35 talks about, about the anger of a man 
who finds out that his wife has been committing adultery says he'll never forgive you. You might bring him gifts and you might bring him all kinds of presents and seek, seek forgiveness. And Proverbs 6 says he'll never do that. Forsake wrath. Forsake that. Don't let that bitterness and just destroy you. Look over in Isaiah 66. Last chapter of Isaiah. Verse 12. Forsake wrath because there's something better coming. God is the only one that can truly execute wrath and do it perfectly and wholly. And he says, For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river. And the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream, then shall you suck, you shall be born upon her sides and be dandled upon her knees. As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Now I know that he's talking about Israel, but he's also talking about the Gentiles, as he mentioned. And, and here we see the comfort, and pulling up beside your mom, or, 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 or bounced upon the, their knee, and, and, and we see the joy of all of this. And, and when you see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like a herb, and the hand of the Lord shall be known towards his servants and his indignation towards his enemies. For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh, and the slain of the Lord shall be many. Do you remember what is the sword of the Lord? The Word of God. The Word of God. And it tells us that there is going to come a day at the end of that tribulation period. And, oh yeah, we are working up to that. And, and, and before you always kind of wondered, how in the world, God, is... I, I mean, how are we going to get this one world government? And how are we going to get this one world religion? And how are we going to get this one world economy? And I just... I just you know, for the longest time, you look at this and think, how in the world is this ever going to come into place? And, and after the last two months, I have no doubt that it can happen. And it can happen quickly. And, and here we see that, that in that first three and a half years, oh, there's going to be a great peace, but hey, praise the Lord, we're out of here. Rapture takes place. We're gone. The Holy Spirit's gone. And everybody that's left here is on their own. And, and, and we know that many are going to believe a lie. There are going to be many that are going to trust Christ as their Savior during that time. But the majority of them, if not all of them, will die a martyr's death for their faith. So don't think that you can put, continue to push away salvation and think that, oh, when that, hey, when that tribulation comes and I'll call upon God, Sorry, I don't see that happening. I believe that you're going to continue to believe the lie that you're already believing. And be careful with that. But we see that those first three and a half years, there'll be a false peace, and there's going to be all of those in the world saying, man, isn't this great? 
We don't have that crazy preacher that's spitting on the first row and getting all red in the face and, and saying that we're going to worship God and, and how he's preaching against sin and that, that we need to live for God and, and do the things that he says and, and be angry, not, and sin, not, and, and, and then to, to no wrath. And, and he keeps telling us all these things and, and he keeps saying that love wins and that all these things. And man, are we glad he's gone and we have such a peace now and, and they're going to go for three and a half years and all is good and then all hell breaks loose and at the end of that last three and a half years those nations who have been shaking their fists at God and all of the reprobates that are left that hate God they're going to come down upon Israel and they're going to come down upon Jerusalem and God's going to split the mountain in half and, and the remnant of believing Jews are going to get away and, and escape with their lives and then Jesus is going to come. He's going to come on a white horse. And he's going to have a sword, which is the very word of God. And he's going to destroy the nations. And it tells us that the blood is going to flow so deeply that it's up to the bridles of the horse's mouth. And they will die. The wrath and the fury of God. So in all this evil that's going on in this world, he tells us, don't worry about it. You do what it is that you're supposed to do. You live the way that you're supposed to live. You cease from anger. You forsake wrath. And then the rest of this Isaiah 66 goes on to, to tell us about that and tells us also about the new heaven and the new earth that we'll experience. And we'll have a true peace. A true peace that God gives us. And it's that peace that helps control the anger and the wrath that we deal with oh so often. Forsake wrath. Forsake wrath because God's fury is coming to the ungodly. What should we do? Let's give them the gospel and see God change their hearts one heart at a time. See them come from one that was wrathful, angry, mad, bitter, blind, and come to the saving knowledge of our Savior. Same place we would have been. Same place maybe we have been. And he brings us out of it. Because love wins. Love wins. I don't have all the answers, but I have the best answer. Jesus is the answer. We need to preach him. We need to preach his word. We need to tell people you need to get right with God. You need to trust Jesus as your Savior. You need to live for him every day, every day, and see his blessings upon your life. It's the only thing that truly matters. When you get that right, your relationship with those people around you will be exactly what it needs to be. You'll have discernment. You'll have, you'll have knowledge. You'll have wisdom. You'll have understanding. 
You'll have peace. You'll have joy. You'll have comfort. You'll have security. You'll have provision. You'll have power. You'll have protection. You'll have everything that God wants to give you as we walk with him. Let's be that. Let's show our community. Let's show our community that Jesus is the answer. Let's live for him. It starts, it always starts by you knowing for certain that you have Jesus Christ as your Savior. Admit to him you're a sinner. Confess that to him and believe that he's God himself, that he went to that cross for your sins, that he showed us that by dying on that cross and raising again that third day, and you trust all of your faith, put in him, and he'll save you. And then live for him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of it. I thank you for our Savior. I thank you for the power that you give us through you, through the Holy Spirit. Father, help us to represent you well in our lives. And Father, if there are those sitting here that's never trusted you, I pray that you'll work in their heart and that tonight, today, right now, even while they're sitting there right now, they just go to you, open their hearts to you, and humbly cry unto you to save them, forgive them, be their Savior. And then, Father, we'll just continue to teach them and help them to see and know and understand how you need to be the Lord of their life. Father, for all of us who are sitting here that know you as our Savior, be our Lord. Be our master. And Father, whatever is hindering us from allowing you to do that in our lives, let us cast those upon your shoulder. Let us confess that to you. Let us, with total abandonment, follow you. Follow you. Whatever it may be, I pray you convict that believer. They see it. They know it. They realize it, and they cast that burden upon you. And let us walk out of here today empowered to live for you. Guide us and direct us, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, 546. Look, you need to do business with God. Maybe you already did right there while we were praying. Maybe you need some more time. Maybe you need some help. You want some, you, you have some questions you need to that need answered, you come. I'll have somebody sit down with you and help you with that. Just don't, don't leave here until you know that you've got things settled in your life. 546, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's all stand. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for the Savior and light more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. 
Let's sing the chorus one more time. Sing the chorus one more time. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. Good to see everybody out today. We'll be back 5 o'clock tonight and uh, uh, just a powerful passage there where Absalom rebels against David and uh, how it was handled and, and uh, just, you know what we see there? We're going to see the heart of a king, but we're also going to see the heart of a father and uh, just a, a powerful passage there. So if you can come 5 o'clock tonight, love for you to be here and uh, please continue to pray for one another. And uh, continue to pray for those in our church family that have dealt with a lot of grief and challenges here lately. And uh, that, that reminds me, too. Also, uh, Carrie let us know this morning. I think uh, Teresa may have put it on the Facebook page. But uh, Carrie sent us a text this morning. And uh, they had to take Ireland to the hospital in uh, Greeley this morning. And uh, not sure what's going on. Maybe some kind of reaction to her medication. But... Not exactly sure, but you guys continue to pray for Ireland and uh, pray for Mama Carrie during this time. I know it's a real challenge for them, too. So keep them in your prayers. And uh, so good to see everybody out today. Truly, it's a blessing. Continue to get the word out. We have all kinds of room. More and more can come. And uh, be safe. Be safe out there and uh, tell people the truth. Tell people about the peace that Christ gives and uh, we'll see God honored and glorified through all of this. So, uh, John, would you dismiss us, please?